Voice of St. Louis original podcast. Wow, there's a lot going on to end the week. We've got it all covered for you in the St. Louis All Local from KMOX. Today is Friday, January 5th. I'm Michael Calhoun, our top local story. KMOX is covering breaking news. The Cardinals make a trade. Let's go live to Matt Pauley with the latest. Michael, the Cardinals have announced that they have acquired former All-Star pitcher Andrew Kittredge from the Tampa Bay Rays in exchange for outfielder Richie Palacios. Palacios came on for the Cardinals in the final month of the season last year, but Kittredge is someone who's 18-7 and with a 3.65 ERA in seven seasons in the big leagues, was an All-Star a couple years ago, did come back from Tommy John surgery last year but able to finish the season, had a healthy season, and now he becomes a big part of the bullpen moving forward for the Cardinals. A KMOX follow-up. The St. Louis City Department of Health is now recommending masking indoors for all City of St. Louis employees. That's been downgraded from a mandate when it was originally issued this morning. The recommendation also goes for city residents as well due to increased respiratory virus numbers. Here's KMOX Health Editor Fred Bottomer. So a few reminders are needed here when it comes to masking. You know, like I said, the basic surgical mask where it's useful is if a lot of people wear it, it does prevent spread because you're preventing the kind of spread of respiratory particulates amongst a large group of people that are close together. It doesn't confer any protection to you. Dr. Fred Belkold is a slew care general internist at SSM Health, St. Louis University Hospital. You know, if you're wearing just a basic surgical mask or even worse, a, a cloth mask, you're, you're preventing the spread to others, but it's doing nothing to protect you. If you're worried about yourself, Again, we need to go to the higher particulate masks, the N95 or the KN95. Better yet, says Dr. Buckhold, make sure you're up to date on all your vaccinations, beginning with the flu shot, then COVID, then RSV if you're at high risk. Fred Bottomer, KMOX News. Governor Mike Parson said he is against mask mandates at the start of the legislative session in Jefferson City. I hope that people in Missouri learned a good lesson, whether it is St. Louis County or whether it is some of the health directors in the state. You better realize that people are not going to put up with this a second go around. So I'm just telling you, I think that's a huge mistake. And a statement tonight from the governor's office to KMOX says, quote, Governor Parson kept his word, a conversation with the mayor's office, and a new policy has been issued reversing the earlier mask mandate, end quote. The first candidate to replace Blaine Luke DeMeyer has thrown her hat in the ring. State Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman made the announcement official today. We asked, with a seat anticipated to field a large number of candidates on both sides of the aisle, if she felt a need to jump in early. She says she isn't afraid of a busy race. I have never had an easy race. I have always had multiple people people in a party um, running against me and we need a fighter. We need somebody who's going to win. And every race I've been in has been a multi-party race, and I've always won by double digits. Blaine Luke DeMeyer has represented the 3rd District in Congress since 2009, and he's talking about his decision not to run again. You know, at age 72, uh, you you think about things about life, about the rest of your life differently than you do when you're 52. And so... Um, it was a, it's a very personal decision. Um, I enjoy my job. Luke DeMeyer would not comment on who he'd like to see step up into the role. St. Louis police now say they do have the detailed geographic data about where crimes take place and they can again release it publicly. The department had been criticized for removing access during a crime spike in 2000 and never restoring it. In a statement issued last hour, a spokesperson for the department says they prioritize public safety and transparency and upon a closer look, realized the data had in fact been compiled through a different source. Location information for crime trends will now be posted monthly. St. Louis Circuit Attorney Gabe Gore in an interview that you'll hear coming up says he trusts the crime stats issued by the department showing a decline in homicides but adds there is more work to be done. We still have too much violent crime in the city and that that's something that we're going to continue to work on and decrease. I mean 158 homicides 
is not something to celebrate. Um, the trend is positive, but we need to do a lot better, and we're going to continue to focus on it and apply the strategies that are working and apply new strategies and try to be more effective. Gore says he's still getting assistance from the U.S. Attorney's Office and other lawyers in the community dealing with 250 pending homicide cases. The St. Louis Board of Aldermen has received hundreds of ideas for how to spend the RAM settlement money. Now they want residents to vote on the top priorities. The list of spending priorities has been whittled down to 20, including construction of new public school buildings, traffic calming measures, Metrolink expansion, and subsidized child care. Residents who register through an online portal will get 10 digital tokens. They can cast all 10 for a single idea or spread them across multiple ones. It's not a guarantee. The board says ideas that get the top votes from residents will need further research and feasibility study. They'll be considered in hearings this spring and guide the Board of Aldermen when it allocates the RAM settlement funds later this year. Voting ends February 2nd. You can access the site at stlewis.citizenlab.co. Megan Lynch, Cam News. Downtown St. Louis could see more commercial space renovated into residential if State Senator Stephen Roberts' bill is passed. He tells KMOX's goal is to make it less cost prohibitive for developers to turn vacant commercial space into residential. So it's focused on um, rehabbing commercial spaces into residential spaces. Right now it's too cost prohibitive um, for uh, folks to do it on their own and these buildings are really too expensive to tear down so they're just sitting there as these vacant nuisances. His bill would provide $50 million in annual tax credits to developers. Roberts says about 5,000 people live downtown. The KMOX business desk, developers who wish to renovate the Oyo Hotel have not had any communication with the local hospitality union to reach an agreement. Alderman Rasheen Aldridge's bill giving those developers a tax abatement was not taken to a vote in fear it would fail due to a lack of a neutrality agreement between Midas Hospitality and United Here 74. Union President Kim Bartholomew says the neutrality agreement is important because it helps ensure that Midas would not retaliate against hotel workers who seek out the union's help. Yes, there's laws. There's the labor board laws. Um, but there's also a law saying that the speed limit's 55 or 65, and I often go over that. And it's not illegal until you get caught doing it. Members of the HUD's committee signaled they would not support the tax abatement if the developers could not reach a deal with the union. If the abatement does not pass, the developers said they cannot move forward with their plans to renovate the hotel. Sean Malone, KMOX News. As the news continues on KMOX, KMOX goes in-depth. There was a lot to catch up on with St. Louis Circuit Attorney Gabe Gore as I talked with him in studio about the essential issues facing the city. And first, let's begin with his thoughts on the year-end crime stats. I view it as very positive. Um, you know, homicides are down uh, about 20%, and really uh, crime is down across the board. Um, so I think that that is a very positive trend and reflects the uh, the, the good work of Chief Tracy and uh, St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department and um, the overall crime strategies that have been uh, implemented. I think it also reflects, um, you know, the impact of effective prosecution in getting uh, violent criminals off the streets through uh, aggressively prosecuting violent crime. There's been some skepticism, I guess, people saying the delays with 911 being answered, uh, shortage of officers at scenes uh, before your tenure, the delay in getting uh, charges filed in many cases, some skepticism about the crime stats. Do you, how do you feel about that? Do you feel that they're, they're an accurate depiction of what's happening in the city? Um, I, I, I do believe they're an accurate depiction of uh, what's going on. I do believe that um, 
we still have too much violent crime in the city and that that's something that we're going to continue to work on and decrease. I mean, 158 homicides is not something to celebrate. Um, the trend is positive, but we need to do a lot better and we're going to continue to focus on it and apply the strategies that are working and apply new strategies and try to be more effective. What do you think is the difference between what's happened in St. Louis over the past year? Just four hours across the state in Kansas City, they had a record high number of homicides. Um, I, I, I can't really speak to that because I haven't studied the situation in Kansas City. But, you know, I think that does speak to the fact that this wasn't something, the, the decrease in homicides and violent crime and shootings uh, wasn't something that was preordained. It wasn't something that's demographically driven. It shows that this is a result of the efforts being made to reduce violent crime in St. Louis that we're having a positive impact. So I, I view it as as good news for St. Louis and um, Kansas City might want to look at some of the things we're doing. In terms of the progress that you've made, uh, what's the remaining backlog of warrant requests? So um, the when, when I was appointed, um, the backlog in the warrant office was uh, 6,700 applications for warrants pending. And I always explain to people who may not know what that means is applications for warrants pending means that police officers had a case where they collected evidence and thought they had a sufficient evidence to go forward and submitted it to the circuit attorney's office for review. And the backlog is cases that were pending that were never reviewed. Of nine of those cases were homicides. Hundreds of them were violent crimes. Um, and we've been working to um, review those cases and make charging decisions. And uh, that's a place where I feel like we've had an immediate impact on improving public safety in St. Louis because, you know, you talk about um, hundreds of violent crimes, nine homicides not being reviewed and charging decisions not being made. By making those charging decisions and getting violent criminals off the street, that had an immediate impact in terms of improving uh, public safety. Where that backlog is currently, I can't give you a precise number, but I think we've reduced it substantially. I had to guess we're probably somewhere around the neighborhood of 3,000 or so more to work our way through. We're making arrangements to uh, try to get through those as quickly as possible. What about the help you've gotten from the community? You've done a lot of hiring and brought people on uh, on uh, staff, but uh, how much help are you still getting from attorneys across the St. Louis community? So, you know, um, when, when I took the office over, um, we were really in kind of an unprecedented state of just you know, really um, dysfunction. And um, I knew going in that I was going to need tremendous amount of support and help from the community. And that's exactly what we received. We received it from um, local prosecutors across the board um, and the U.S. Attorney's Office stepped up and, and was assisting us in handling the homicide backlog. So um, that's been tremendous. Um, we continue to get support from the U.S. Attorney's Office. They, they carry a, a docket of about 20 homicides to help us manage the 250 homicides that are pending. Um, and we're also continuing to get help from private law firms who, are, who have attorneys who are experienced former circuit attorneys, and they're loaning them to us and letting them handle some homicides for us. So we wouldn't be able to manage 250 homicides pending without, without that assistance. Are there any cases that come to mind, uh, or are there a large number of cases which fit this description where the warrant was denied, no charges were filed, and you've taken a second look and said that was the wrong decision, we are going to file charges? Um, we, we have not done so much of that across the board. One place where we are in the process of doing that is there were 24 homicides. 
that were identified by the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department's Homicide Division as cases that they felt had merit and they wanted us to take a second look at. So we're in the process of uh, conducting that second look and uh, making charging decisions. That is the beginning of my conversation with St. Louis Circuit Attorney Gabe Gore. Had a lot more questions for him, and you'll hear the remainder of our conversation coming up Monday at 520 during Total Information PM. Thank you for joining us this week. You can stay up to date with KMOX at the top of the hour or subscribe to this podcast.